Hey guys, I am Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? Good. I feel like we maybe should be calling this the Don Bentley Podcast with how much work we have to do on his series and getting ready for the next Mitch Rap book. We're, we're talking Don Bentley this week and definitely going into next week. Yeah, and then anytime we get uh, new information about Rap 23, Rap yep. 24, what is it? Rap 23? Rap 23, 24 yeah. with term limits, but yeah. Right. I always get that mixed up. Uh, yeah, so we are taking a little shift. I guess we should also call this the No Limits Mitch Rap Podcast because we're going to be going back and rereading some of these because of information that Don gave us. So it's all it's all sort of coalescing together. Yeah, we pretty much wanted to finish this series out in February. We're here recording in the last week, book number three. Book number four, we are cranking through because it is so damn good. Yeah, so I think Forgotten War, very good. Yeah, we'll have that one out to you guys in early March for sure, meeting our February goals. I think these were the two books we wanted to cover in February with last week's The Peacock and The Sparrow. And then that sets, a sets us up for March, uh, like you said, a little screwball. We're going to work into the timeline, The Last Man, and what's the other one? Pursuit of Honor. Pursuit of Honor. Because that's where the Mitch Rapp book's going to fall. So I am pumped to go back to some Mitch Rapp books, but it is unexpected in terms of our reading list. It, it just delays Brad Thor a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited to go back to The Last Man. It's one of my sure, favorites. Right. So Exactly. Yeah. Pursuit of Honor? Not so much. Actually, well... well, well we thought the same thing about uh, Protect and Defend, and we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, it was really good on Reread. Yeah, check that out on the Mitch Rapp podcast. It was fun talking Protect and Defend recently. Something can be said, though, because the way <laughs> Pursuit of Honor is maybe possibly one of the low moments in the rap series. I hate to say it. I think with Hostile Intent today... We're not in my favorite part of the Matt Drake series, and it's something mm -hmm. a little different. And like I said, thankfully, the way that book is then followed up with The Last Man as the next in the timeline order, this book's followed up with Forgotten War, which, dude, I just want to talk about that one because I'm yeah, reading both too. right now. I, I just want to jump ahead, but we can't do that. we got to slow down. Yeah, and I, I guess we should give a little bit of a context. You know, we're following off of a, a book – in Outside Man that I think we both enjoyed. Yeah. It was different. I, I don't think it was the Outside Man was as good as the first one. Without sanction. Without yeah. sanction. But, you know, it's again, like we, we say it time and time again, it's hard to follow up with when you have such a banger first novel. You give it your best try. Now the third one, you know, it's very intriguing. And then it wasn't brought up to me until right before we were talking that I didn't even think about. It. I just assumed because this was this whole book is based off of Ukraine that this book came out. You know, he was obviously writing it during the time of the invasion, but no, that's not the case because this book came out in May of that year, twenty twenty two. The invasion happened in February of twenty twenty two, which in, we know that these books get submitted well before a three month timeline because it was late late February, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, now thinking about that, it kind of, you know, we're going to get into like why maybe we don't, this book doesn't jive with us that much, but I can, if, if this is the case, obviously it's all speculation. We, ha I have no idea, but if for some reason, once the invasion happens, he obviously had this idea, obviously probably had the idea of Ukraine popping off, whatever, but then wanted to change it a little bit because of what actually happened. Right. I can see why, to me, and I think the, the glaring thing with this book is how it kind of falls apart towards the end. Yeah. It's just something, something's, I can't quite, maybe we'll talk through it. Like, right. Something just felt disjointed and I yeah. couldn't get into it. I just, I, I struggled to get into this book. I I'm wanted to you. like it in the beginning. Like, you know, this, this idea of, you know, like what, what is, what is the first half of the book even about? What oh, it's about like this, uh, this Mossad. Like we're we're with this. It's Vienna. It's all the Vienna stuff. Yeah, that part was like kind of cool. I was trying. I was really trying to hang on to it, and I'm like, maybe something will come of this. So we've got Drake oh, the, on the ground. Yeah. Well, first off, let's talk the opening. He's shooting yeah. with his wife. That was really yeah. Cool. That was cool. 
Yeah, it was cool. Really like that. You know, because of the events of last book, I thought it was really important to open up with Layla and how mm-hmm. she wants to defend herself and kind of you see this bridge that she's coming into his world a little bit more, not just right. as a victim, which she was last book, but now p- potentially opening the door for her to have Be some skills, player. you know, some skin in the game yeah. eventually. And I think that's a really important way to take it. And that's becoming part of Don Bentley's voice is this this call to action, you know? Mm-hmm. In some books, it's like the main character gets a phone call and then they're on a plane going jet setting and doing some adventure. Well, Don Bentley's version of that is he's with his wife. They're having a moment. They want to develop more of their marriage. And all of a sudden, you know, James Glass, you know, calls him to the front lines and or or something. It's very much like Mission Impossible-esque, you know? I was thinking Da Vinci Code, you know? Sure. With Langdon swimming in the yeah. pool, yeah, getting yeah. that call. And, and I think it's a, it's a formula. And I think it's very clear that Don Bentley's comfort zone is is that formula. It's good to see if their relationship can get pushed a little further than just, you know, Layla's his piece at home and he's got to leave her and that sucks and go do what you got to do. And then we can always expect the end of the book reunites with Layla and something about their relationship, which again happens here. We'll have to talk about Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. in the ending, Mm -hmm. which is great, but it's becoming a little formulaic, I feel. But we're taken out of that because Drake has to get on a plane to Vienna. He's caught up in a million things here and so the irishman walks in and I, and i do like that he again tying from the second book from the last book right he was a really cool character that drake had to operate with to save layla that whole helicopter scene that mm-hmm. was just wild after the auction right i i just thought that scene was pretty cool and so to bring back this guy that was kind of this loose cannon you didn't know if you could trust him, but then Drake and him, you know, had to rely on each other and he saved him and Drake owed him one. And now he's calling in that favor, apparently, by being a walk-in in Vienna. But we hear that Glass set it up so that Drake would go over there and do something Glass wanted him to, which was to go after this Chinese spy at an academic conference. However, that's not yeah. even true because the Irishman's North Korean daughter, which doesn't happen to be his North Korean daughter – is at the conference, and instead, he actually has a Russian son in the GRU who's at the conference, yet both their phones are ringing at the same time while he's supposedly recruiting this other scientist, yet it aligns with the Irishman's son. I cannot keep track of what's going on and why at this conference, and then you throw into it the Israeli spy lady who's wearing this fancy dress that the DIA budget Yeah, she was kind of cool. She was kind of cool, but what's she doing this whole mix? The whole thing was just a blur to me. I, I don't I, I think I missed something. I didn't get it. That conference, you're the scientist. You've done these academic conferences. Was it cool to kind of see a spy's game being played at a paper or poster proposal? No, because he was making fun of uh, nerds. He was calling us all nerds. <laughs> he was. He was. He took some jabs there. He took a lot of jabs. <laughs> At the scientific community, I, you know, I could, maybe I had to bring that up with Don. Yeah. I felt a little bit offended. That was fun. No, you you hit the nail on the head. All right, it it makes sense, right? That he's got to go over there to do this, but at the same time, Benny pops back up. That's right. Drake saved as well. So we have we have not only one with the Irishman, but two people who were involved with the helicopter extraction with his wife, calling in favors. But what what I really just cannot understand is this weird piece of wait. I actually I, I wanted you to go to Vienna anyways because I needed yeah. you to get this this Chinese spy who's supposed to be like in the next book, which I guess I'll just bring it up. He casually references that he went to Austria to track down like the Chinese Bill Gates. He calls him the Chinese Bill Gates. Bill Gates, exactly. Yeah, I call that. I get. I don't get that at all. I don't get that book. here. No, not at all. It seems like um, some low, low scientist at some mid-level, mid-tier university who has some who, who stumbled spy upon connections. who stumbled. No, I, th- I think the way I read it was that this is some weird, young, brilliant, like scientist who happened to stumble upon some groundbreaking work. Yeah, some not, research not, that they want. Yeah, that's not right. someone who that's is. Right. Not like a Bill Gates to, type. Not a, someone who's about to found. Maybe yeah. I'm just thinking of Bill Gates now, but like. I, I guess maybe like living out of his garage, Bill Gates kind of thing. Yeah, was he trying to like convey that? I don't, I don't know. It Anyways. was really weird. It, it seemed a mischaracterization to say that. 
But it's just weird how like, all right, Glass wanted him to go there, go to Austria to pick up this guy, but they just happened to be the same city that the Irishman did a walk-in in. Yeah. Oh, and, and then, then another coincidence. And then the daughter. The daughter. We, no, find my daughter. daughter. Find my daughter who's at this <laughs> who's at this conference who just happens Here's to be at the number. same the same conference yeah. that you were already going to. But that was a distraction because it was really the son. And the son had cloned the phone, so both their phones would ring at the same time. I wanted that to be cool, right? When he tries dialing the number and he hears the phone ringing that he's dialing. I want to be like, two. oh, my God, they're right behind you. You know, like a horror movie. Like, turn around. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that at all because I'm like, what and who is he calling? And she's North Korean, but she's really a front because he's going to go secretly meet with the son who's actually a Russian Dude, I am lost. And and there's another wrinkle here. That's not his daughter, right? That's, that's, that's I don't not, think that's the daughter, no. No. But he just told him that to was go a friend to get to the son. Because the son would be watching the do- that because the son was watching that lady and he cloned her phone number and blah blah blah. Gotcha. Okay. 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 I right. I don't know how we go down that rabbit trail, but that is It's not but ultimately it's not even important. Not really. <laughs> no. The only thing is that the Irishman had information because his son was in the GRU. Who had the information on the, the nuclear weapon? On the nuke. And on the, the nuke. Cell. That's all to get to the nuke. Right. And there was some scheming being done behind closed doors where Russians were setting up the false flag operation, which gets us into the Ukrainian side of it all. This is the first time, because last book, one of our critiques, and at the time I felt it, but I don't know if this was the answer. One of the critiques was the first person staying with Matt Drake the whole time while it landed and without sanction. Because it almost felt like a video game and he he was the main character. Sure. We're, we're seeing his eyes, everything through his eyes. That worked for that kind of linear plotting of the Syria story. In book two, we liked the villain, Mr. Suave. Right. Yeah. Yet we couldn't spend time with him. We couldn't see his him up to his devices. Without Matt. Without Matt Drake. So there were like weird cutscenes where Mr. Suave had to pop in and pop out of Matt's world. And we're like, why is he here? And we, it, the idea was we couldn't know anything about him except for when Drake ran into him. Well, here we've got four competing storylines, I think. And we're leaving the first person of Matt Drake to go yeah, into the Ukrainian the first time. shoes. This is the first time, right? The first I, time. I just thought about that. Yeah. We're going into the Ukrainian shoes, seeing them plotting, who actually are set up by the Russians to bring in the, the nuke. We also see, and it's really a weak link. Peter Redmond, the chief of staff, he somehow, well, I remember the Russians were using him and so, or he called in a favor with a Russian asset and so he knew they were going to get him back. But what did you think of going to the White House all of a sudden with this Peter character who, again, I didn't know his role in it all and I frankly didn't care. The American government stuff was a big miss for me. So I think, again, it's just to tie in this plot from is that from the first book book? i guess it's both books right because ultimately like the second book is just a continuation of like the the first book but the cia director who who was bad it was charles sinclair that's right charles sinclair yep was is peter's like best friend exactly exactly what did peter have to do in this book let's be real he well, I thought it would have been it was cool, like all right, I thought he was gonna sell out, you know, he's gonna become a Russian mole, essentially. Or yeah, that's what I thought. But in the very end, he just in the middle of the situation room, I I'm I'm supposed to take it because also Don's doing this weird thing where like he, he cuts something and then like you immediately flash forward to like some consequence from that scene, but we don't actually see the full scene. We don't see it happen, exactly. Weird so time jumps. He says I have something to say, or like, I think I can help with that. And then it immediately goes to the Russian getting captured by like the, by the FBI, police, whatever. Yeah. And we're supposed to take it that like, all right, he, he intervened. He just confessed that yeah. I have this Russian contact to do yeah, a backdoor. Exactly. Um, and that's how plot, they got her. And that's how they got her. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. But again, those jumps were very strange. I think Don trying to do the competing storylines we had some weird jumps where they said something was going to happen and we all of a sudden jump ahead to it's already been done and dusted. Mm-hmm. We don't see it play out, which might have been that missing link I'm looking for, but 
Now I I'm thought that to was think- a swing and a miss. I thought it got away from the DNA of the first two Matt Drake novels, which had limitations. Yes. But those but limitations was, were exposed here. But it was his, that's what he was trying to do. I know, but I, it didn't hit. No, no, no. I'm saying like the first two books, he was going to be first person only. Right. Right? It, it was completely first person. No, it was. And, and I think that worked in the sense it built up a unique voice. Sure. And moving and I'm trying away to think, it, now reading Forgotten War, it's, we haven't had any, I'm about halfway through the book. I've, I have we had any cutscenes? I don't I don't think so. And even if we did, it wasn't as dramatic as Hostile Intent was with like three or four cutaways that were jumping yeah, because between. We, it, yeah. we in this book, Hostile Intent, we definitely go to we go to Peter, we go to the Ukrainians, we go to that Russian the Pietrov, the GRU the other GR I don't know if he's GRU or SVR, like I don't I was confused about who the hell he was. But the guy pulling strings in Russia. Yeah, he just happened yeah. to be at the same – at the end, he was at the same air base. He was there to, like, perpetrate the the false flag event with the exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that Matt happened to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, he's completely – in this new book, he's completely gone back to the I original. think we're back to first person with Matt. And yeah. maybe that's why we're liking it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because we're – there's a bar scene, there's with her family, that's him, and then he's in the car, yeah. and then the yeah. plane. Yeah, it's, it's all him so it's far in him. the first yeah, half yeah. of this yeah. book. And it just feels, again, like... So a, we'll we'll a get into... I, we promise we'll get into Forgotten War. We'll yeah. try to keep these references to a minimum. But, you know, I think it, it's good context to think about this because we're just trying to understand why this book didn't hit for us. Why it felt out of place from mm-hmm. what we've we've bought into in the series. Yeah, there's this other question I kind of wanted to hash out with you. Who is Matt Drake? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What is he supposed to be? Because, you know, in the first one, he's kind of – remind me, the first one is where he's – no, the, the second one is where he's like immediately shot up when he's driving. The, the first one is all about – He goes into Syria. Right, right, right. And he's having these problems with, with his with – his, with this with his brain the ptsd yeah exactly there was that chemical agent which they tested on him Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. whatnot yeah he's supposed to be this di agent yeah who so far has gotten into a whole host of things you know the first book he's being set up as this guy who can go in there and and operate you know thought was cool now he's a spy the second this book in the next he's a big time spy the second one is all about like his wife, right? Cause his wife gets taken. Yep. So it's like, you know, revenge for that. This one, he's like trying to be a spy. Recruiting assets. Yeah. Recruiting assets, which is cool. But then like halfway through the book, when we switch to the Ukraine storyline, it's like, all right, we're going to send you to in because we, we have, we already had a, a, a connection to send two DIA agents to buy this nuke. So we're, instead, we're going to supplant you. Or no, not even buy a nuke. It was to buy like, it was to buy uh, some black box that could like crack into a um, a missile system. Yeah. But we're going to happen to see if this guy also has the nuke. Has the nuke. For. Right. Yeah. And if you can track it down. And, and then th- this just happens to be the same like airport where the russians are going to stage their paratrooping and the parachutes are coming in that was wild so i, I wanted to like all it was that. Just, maybe it was just too much it was just too much i something tells me the second half of this book should have and could have been a massive set action piece that mimics what's going on in ukraine but puts us on the ground there and essentially is deadfall. And the problem is, because of all these other storylines and loose ends that I have not bought into, mm. why am I going to all of a sudden buy into Drake on the ground in Ukraine, kicking ass, taking names and stealing sure. nukes? And these yeah, de- deadfall did a way better version of this. Correct. I had no reason to buy into that switch compared to, you all of a sudden put Scott Harvath on a train with the troll 
and they're taking that train to the front lines. And there's that lady in the orphanage of Deadfall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Harvath is in this village meeting up with the locals who have their, you know, like ham radios that they're all trying to communicate with. Dude, I was bought into that operation. Something tells me this should have bought me in because, man, he's driving this Jeep once they recover the nuke and they're trying to get out. There's so much action happening. But for some reason, I didn't care. Like, I don't know what got me to that point. I think it's something about the setup. You know, it wasn't teed up for me. Maybe so it should have been awesome. The, the first half of this book with the Chinese scientists and the academic conference. That, there was no that, coming back. There was no coming back for me after that. I'm sorry. And the Irishman, like the Irishman was just all a ploy to get us to I gotta stop World War Three. I gotta stop my country like from World War Three. And it's just like I feel like there could have been a better lead up. Or like yeah. either have the book be about this like Skynet. You know, mm-hmm. be about this technology that this Chinese person has yeah. and that you need to stop. Yeah. You know, you need to stop the person who gets it, you know, like whatever. I wonder how it would have been picking up this book and just reading the Ukraine scene, like pure mm. chaos. You feel if like you, you're in like a, a Vietnam movie with everything just flashing and going off and going bananas at you. What's crazy is like the, the perspective from the militia. Like, did you buy into them at all? Like, no. Did, that that storyline with like these these native Ukrainians who are trying to, you know, save that he has to be the one to take the nuke and he's gonna I, detonate it. Like I was on so the gone Russian by people. then. Yeah. I was I'm sorry, I was so gone by then. That's what I'm saying. I think it could have been awesome. I think probably the 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 substance is there. I was so far out of my element, not not interested in it, which is it's partially me, the reader's fault, but the book didn't get me there. After the early stuff, I was going dress shopping with a Mossad lady. I was going to this conference where some phones ring in. I was lost by that point. So, yeah, no, didn't didn't hit for me. Yeah, this is the first time where like I just wanted to finish the book because I had to finish it. Yeah, Same. It's sad. It's sad. And guys, the reason earlier we were talking Forgotten War is because Chris and I were kind of texting after this book wrapped up. Like, man, this is what does this mean? We didn't get into it. Is this, you know, going to be one of our least favorite books we've reviewed on the pod? And I'm like, I was like, no. is it just me? Is it just you? Like, is, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, no, I don't think this is it. I'm starting the next one and I just want to see where we're going from here. And I started the next book and literally within the first page, first chapter, first paragraph, I'm hooked. And then I yeah. kept going and I couldn't put it down. And then I ripped through half of Forgotten War, the fourth book. So, folks, this is a tough one. The scorecard may indeed be a tough one, but but there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Don comes back in book four with something special. So I think we just gotta we gotta power through this, and uh, and and next week we'll have a great time talking about book number four. Yeah, I, but what'd I, you like? L- let's try to find that positive because yeah, there's a be few positive. things. Let's be positive. Yeah, there's I, a few so things. I think overall. Like the spy stuff, like we're really trying to starting to see Mad Drake as a spy, and like you know, Don keeps telling us how good of a asset handler he is. I think like some of that is starting to come through, and like I like the playful interaction with him and and the Mossad lady. What was her name? Um, Ella, Elia. Yeah, and then you know, like some of the humor there was kind of funny. I think. I like how he's, you know, he's 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 kind of like a Mitch Rapp kind of guy where he's not a superhero, you know, buff, like beefy, but he, you know, he still can take ass, you know, kick ass and, and take names. <laughs> he's taking ass, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whose ass is he taking? <laughs> Layla's? <laughs> oh, there's something. I, it was so. refreshing to know, and here's something I really, really liked. It's refreshing to know how committed he is to his wife. Mm, very much that so. Any time, whether it's the Austrian intelligence lady, whether it's the Mossad agent who's stunning on an op with him, you really just feel comfortable that he's faithful and there's no sort of intimacy or romantic storylines that are going to have to be forced. Mm, it, yeah, yeah. It, you almost just trust that he's pure professional through and through. So I, I think it helps me get over the Brad Thor syndrome that we were talking about on the Brad Thor podcast. Every book 
every female you meet is going to be described as an attractive woman in her early 30s. You know, we're going to get some physical description of her and Scott's going to have a run in. Well, here it's like, no, that's not Drake's gig. You know, he's a family man. There is that one scene where like she's getting changed and like he he says her her maybe it was just he was just trying to be funny like but her butt was like in the rearview mirror in the back like but and I think that's another thing is humor so I like that you can trust Drake is just a faithful family oriented character you, you every book starts and ends with him and his He's wife definitely and I think smart that's ass. fun He's definitely a smart ass and he's a smartass, right? So you can see there's so much you can identify with him where the tough man, dark brooding, Mitch Rapp, maybe you can't. Mm-hmm. Where Drake, you you can identify with the part of him being a romantic for his wife and you can identify the part with him making dad jokes and, you know, dirty dad jokes sometimes <laughs> and, and goofing off with Frodo and Glass. So th- there's my biggest winner of this book. I'm going to jump ahead. Anytime you get Frodo, Drake, and glass together whether even it's on like a zoom call as they're doing some of these skype calls or whether they're actually in person the dynamics between them are fantastic i just think everything about drake and frodo's friendship and their authority uh relationship with, with glass as their guy but they could still you know rib on him a little bit they still go back and forth i i think those conversations are delightful yeah no for sure, that's that's definitely one of the. That's the winner the for book. me. Yeah. Frodo gets taken. I forgot about that. He does. Yeah, that was another like crazy thing that happens. And then he has to like. All right, again, we're talking things that we liked. That scene is probably one of my favorite scenes, like the action where you know you see his Matt Drake's tactical mind in action. Yeah, and he has to think ten steps ahead. And he's like, all right, he does the calculation. All right, if I turn right, maybe I can go save him if he's still at the safe house. But if he's not there, then he's gone. I'm never going to get him. So if I turn left yes. and try to stage, you know, a rendition or, a, you know, a, what is that called? Where a takedown uh, of this m- roaming vehicle, maybe we can get him back. And, like, yeah. you know, he figures it all out and executes it to some extent and, and, and gets Frodo back. That was cool. Yeah, that, that was really cool. Uh, yeah, it was. And if you honestly just – that was the plot of the book. No Ukraine, no nukes, no paratroopers. You just got to get Frodo back? It would have yeah. been cooler. Right. You know, like I think that would have been great. So I think it was just one too many things that I should have been bought into that Frodo storyline. And if anything, during the big battle, I don't care about defusing the nuke all that much to be honest. But I do care about getting Frodo back home sure. safe. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just well, think those two the, things The nuke is not home. even – is not even a he can't even move it right because it's so heavy and the car breaks down so he has to freaking explode like light it on ex- fire light it on fire you know to get rid of the explosive material similar to what Jack uh, Carr did in right. was that only uh, the dead on the boat yeah with the propane tank yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. defuse the bombs so you might as well prevent the ignition system the ignition from being system. able to operate yeah I feel like this also happened in Someone did that in a movie. It's or been James, in movies, like a, yeah, for sure. Yeah, James for sure. Bond thing or something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Other things that I like. Um, we mentioned the I'm wife. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's about it. No, <laughs> what did you think about the ending, the surprise, the reveal? Oh, the baby. Yeah, I love that's, it. That's, it's cute. And it, it, it continues on in the next book. And Correct. it's even, even more cute. So We were we, building we, onto it. We were yeah, getting there. Yeah. For sure. I think, you know, he's definitely he's definitely a family man. Yep. And Don's not afraid to to put that in into the series, you know, whereas like some of our other readers other readers, other writers are a little more reluctant. Or like, you know, it's it's sort of this dichotomy. But I guess it's a dichotomy here because he he it's gonna be with any of these operators. You have you if you want to have a life, but you're also in this yep. other you have this completely other life that's unsafe. How do you mesh the two? Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's bringing up all the things that are real concerns for these kind of people. So. Yeah. And book one, I remember we were on the fence about her because there was that weird stuff where he couldn't or he saw her face in random mm. places. And it was I part think of that his, was PTSD. Like his like PTSD. Yeah. 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 And, and then again, we were like, but she wasn't really brought into the story. And then in book two. Dang, she's, she's brought into the story. Yeah. And so we liked it. Here, it's like, oh, he's ripped away from her again. 
the same thing we already saw, this kind of trope. He has to leave her to go on a mission. But then the end, we get some bombshell, which clearly is going to follow into the next book of her playing a very important role. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, after three books, part of me was getting to, we know she's half Pakistani, half Afghani. Where's that leading to? You know, like there must be some reason her background and how they met and how she's indigenous to the region where he has felt so comfortable operating for his career. There must be something there and that, that that string needs to get tugged on. And it hadn't, right? For three books, it hasn't been brought up that she's ethnically from this region that he he's in. And now that's going to play a very important role in the fourth book. So little hint, right. guys, the baby news at the end of this, plus Layla's background, is very important moving forward. And I think we're hitting the right time in the series for that. Mm-hmm. Should, should we also talk about uh, Don's hate of all things Navy? <laughs> he don't like the SEALs very much. <laughs> It's very funny after reading, you know, we've obviously read Brad Thor, we read yeah. uh, Jack Carr, one written by a seal, one about a seal. Well, two, both are about a seal. Drake's an army man, dude. Yeah. He's and it's just, man. it's funny how he's, he's sort of, he's ranking all the special forces people that he would want to <laughs> like operate with. And then like they get down to all, all I got for you is some seals. And he's like, you got anything else? Like essentially, like. <laughs> I'm like, come on, it can't be that bad. It's a little on the nose, but the only I'm thing okay it's funny. It. It's funny. Man. Yeah, it's funny. I'm the only okay thing with they can it. do is drink beer and play Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all it also breaks the trend. I think there's such a trend in media that just the seals have to be the Ubermensch and the answer to everything and the the protagonist. And mm-hmm. I, I like that it kind of breaks that ice while being a little playful. Yeah, this is the first book that I've read where we get like a Delta Force operator. Mm-hmm. um as frodo we you know there's not many that are or maybe i'm I'm wrong do you know any out there where like the main protagonist is a, is a delta force operator no I, i'm not aware or and, and that's you asked before who is matt drake and i actually have to say i really like the fact that it's so different he's it's not it, it's not a cia guy you go to dia makes it a little bit different because there's an interplay with the military there you know, they're rangers instead of seals, you know, Frodo and his background and the people that Drake feels comfortable operating around and trusting. Well, Frodo was a was part of the unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, Drake Drake was not a Drake was just an, a ranger. He was just a ranger, yeah, yeah. The unit I'm assuming is referring to Delta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just like the special forces, right? Of the Rangers. Correct. Yeah. Are they I not in? So. Did they not overlap? I don't know anything about this. But anyway, I was both- trying to read it up today because I was trying to see like which one's better. You know, try to settle that argument. Well, I think Delta is the special forces of of the army. The army. Yeah. 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 So I, I think mean, they're. I think they're the like, Rangers. The Rangers are also technically special forces. Special forces. Or like they're they're like anyways. They all have like different mission sets. And then there's Green Berets. Yeah, there's Green Berets, which. Well, this is again information we're we're gleaning from the next book, but we learn that Green Berets are actually ones that are inserted with this extra element of like where they learn often learn languages, they work yep. side by side closely with people with like native like natives the and natives, stuff like that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Everybody has have, their own mission subsets. Yeah, they all have different different skill sets, exactly. So I kinda like that. And I also just I like that Drake's not the womanizer, and then you get the Texas stuff. I feel like we're very much building a who is Matt Drake identity mm-hmm. that's not cookie cutter, that's not bland. Yeah, no, it's it's very nice. It's very refreshing to like get this different kind of person. Exactly, exactly. I think he has so many edges. And then the thing with a Glass also that I love is he's this badass old man character, but you put him in DIA. I think that's very different than having that kind of person outside of the confines of the government, you know, working – doing the secret stuff. He is still having to work within certain constraints, yet he's able to cut through a lot of that and, you know, let let Drake be Drake when he needs to be. So sure. I think putting Glass in that position is also a little different than some of our other characters. Yeah, it's like you get Like it's not quite these, private. These guys are way more military. Exactly. There's than, a military backdrop. Than the CIA. Like exactly. Glass reminds me of Stan Hurley, but is like a, but he's different, you know, like yeah. reminds me of the Stan Hurley and like sort of the aura and like the gruffness, but 
Whereas Stan, Stan was like a, a spy spy and, and Glass was, was a door kicker, you know? It's almost like the way Gary Lawler in Scott Harveth is confined to the FBI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. It's so. like if yeah. you put Stan Hurley inside of an organization and you have a loose cannon like Stan Hurley, but still having to work tied down in by an official capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that's tough. And that's where Glass is. So he yeah. has to be hard on Drake and Frodo, right? He has to call them out for being cowboys. Mm-hmm. But then he also has to give them the rope a little bit and let them go off and be cowboys. Right. But he then also has to deal with budgeting, which is the whole thing about the dress when they go shopping. So it's all these realistic constraints of bureaucracy that Glass has to deal with. Like, what would you do if Stan Hurley was actually a commissioned officer in charge of something for the military? It would like, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, I just thought it was funny how one – he doesn't like the seals and like i think too it, it it sort of goes to with his persona and like what he wants to write about and i think it's a good thing it's i'm not saying it's a bad thing i think it's it's nice like you said refreshing because we're coming at you know a genre that we love but from a completely different angle and it's a it's a nice like change of pace exactly what we're used to yep and having frodo also you know dealing with his injuries you're seeing sure. the real fallout of what operators and their families deal with and bringing in Catherine. I really love his girlfriend uh, working at NSA and how they can use her and, and her role. So that's a lot of fun too. Yep. They're the positives. We found them. <laughs> you know, glass himself is a, uh, he got to, he only, only reason he's not still operating is because he lost an eye, right? Yeah. He lost the eye. We got Frodo injured and we have already been through Drake and his uh, PTSD and, and mental health issues. So I think that brings a lot of humanity to the book. I liked that Don's toned down, like the whole guitar thing mm-hmm. like that he has to, you know, play a song with his hands. And it whatever. crops up every once in a while though. Yeah. I like it much better in this book. Like where like his hand, he, he mentions like his hands yeah. started t- twitching and you, you, you could, you read the other books. You kind of know like what might come on, but it doesn't. You know? Exactly. Or and maybe think, it's just showing that he's progressing, like he's able to maybe recovering more. He's got his strategies, yeah. And and plus, the first book that was tied up with the storyline, so it had to go very heavy into that because sure. of the chemical agent and whatever that he was tortured with. So it had to go very heavy in that. But now we just get light glimpses of that, which add to his background without dominating you know, the storyline. So yeah, I think that was handled really well here as a follow-up to the first book. Is it time? I think it's time. I'm going to do the scorecard. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, action. There's a lot of action. There, there's a lot. Is a good action. Is it quality? Is it quality? Quantity over quality. I understand some of this is on me as the reader because I sure. really did check out once the action ramped up, like the the Ukraine stuff, when it was ramping yeah, because up. The second half of this book is pretty much just nonstop. Action. It's nonstop. But that's right when I was kind of going downhill. So... I, it's on me. It's on me, but I'm going to go with a five. Five out of time. Ooh. I see where you're coming at. But I'm going to have to go a little bit higher than that. I'm going to go like a 6.5. I think, you know, I had to do some mental gymnastics, like thinking about some th- certain things. But ultimately, if you just strip everything away, as soon as he gets once he gets into that uh he's in a what a range rover because he talks about how good yeah, well it performs yeah, like, yeah. once he gets into that range rover you know and they're they're getting kitted up and they go on and like all of a sudden you have you have this these two helicopters coming in with the ukrainian loyalists then you have the russians who are there like to do the false flag event coming in and then you have the Russians who are being paramilitary dropped and you have, yeah. like that's being cut in and all that stuff. Then you have the seals. Yeah. And then they're able to get away. And then I don't know. Again, it's a look I, I could see where you're coming. Yeah. Maybe a six. I think you're right. I think the quality of those scenes in writing are really good. So maybe I shouldn't ding it double ding it because what I'm really complaining about is the plot and the body. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the quality of the action, you're right, probably deserves higher. I'll go six. And some of the early action, like when he took down that oh, team of when, Russians who took oh, the yeah, Irishman. That was cool. And then the, the Irishman, Irishman bleeds out. Yeah, that was cool. And then there was like a the he car fights chase? the cops. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He bites the cops. The car chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. When the Irishman picks him up. Yeah, yeah, I'll go six, and I, I I could see your six and a half for sure, for sure. I have no problem with that. There's also the scene where, like, he obviously he gets out of that uh, of the conference, and then there's the the fake fight. That was the other confusing thing. Like, they're supposed to meet up this. Anyways, we're not we're not talking. We're we're done talking about confusing things. But anyways, or maybe we can talk about it now with the plot. Like, what 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 are we gonna give this this plot? We already hashed out the academic conference business. Yeah, after the academic conference, remember he tells him to meet him at this cafe, and if he's black, put the coffee in one hand. Oh if yeah, he's red. Put the coffee yeah. in the other hand. Yeah, he's uh, he's red. But Drake's like, I'm still gonna. He, he I decides to meet to up put with it in the black hand. Yeah, to meet with him, even though he knows it will expose it. And then they what get in a fight. About? Yeah, but they right. He had to fake it to make. Oh, he didn't want to blow the cover of the GRU guy, the Irishman's son, because he knew yeah. he was being watched. So he whispered but something G- to him. But his his son, the son, was also on a job staking another scientist. All I remember is he didn't want to blow the GRU guy's cover, so it made it look like they were fighting. But he fought to the point where the GRU guy would know he's going easy on him for a purpose. Yeah, and so yeah. they kind of had a mind meld there. I don't get it. That all I'm saying all that just to give this this plot is like a like a four. I was gonna say I'll I'll go down to a four. Yeah, I, and unfortunately my buy-in's gonna be a the two. buy-in's low. Yeah, it's like a two two and a, like yeah. So the first book without sanction, we were in the mid forties. I want to say the second book, the outside man, we were in like upper thirties. I think it's going to make sense that this book slips to the low 30s. I, I just sure. think that's yeah. how it's going to be, but we'll we'll get there. The bad, bad guys. guys. Who are the Russians, the Ukrainians. I guess it's supposed to be that Petrov guy. Right, exactly. But I didn't know him that well or care about it's strange because in the last book we wanted more Mr. Suave. Well, mm-hmm. here we get more time with the villain, and I don't like it. And I don't like it. Yeah. Like, I wanted that time with Suave last book, and we didn't get it. And then now we get it, it's like, I I think I got to go with two. I, I, I can't point to anything I really liked about the villains. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, who, who the was villain. a villain? Is the Russian president that we don't ever see? Right. Do you think all this that we're questioning was part of the editing process trying to go back and be like, oh shit, this actually happened in Ukraine, so let me piece this in? Or, oh, I maybe didn't even have this false flag operation, but we should do that because it's kind of going on right now. How much do you think was kind of edited in and that's what's throwing us off? Is that true that they had... Um, well, not a nuke. No, I'm not talking about the nuke. I'm talking about there's there's two other scenes where we cut to. Where, again, we're not with Matt. We cut to one where there's a protest, and there's a bunch of they wait. Oh, they shoot them. A bunch of Spetsnaz soldiers dressed up as yeah. Ukrainian soldiers that shoot the protesters. I definitely think so. Right, like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and uh, if not a protest that they fired on, then something else, you know, something else, yeah. like a, a Russian-speaking enclave in eastern Ukraine in that region, and then all of a sudden it gets looted and burnt, and and people are massacred, and there's a pile of bodies burning, whatever, and then Russia has fake videos of people wearing what looks like Ukrainian regalia, doing it and committing it, but it's really them. So whether or not it's like straight up firing at the protesters, like they did in the scene, or something equally nefarious yeah right that that's happening you know yeah i'm just trying to think about like who the bad guys are and, i have and no only idea one, to <laughs> the only one who i can think of is this this petrov, petrov guy who is supposed to be leading essentially leading the russian assault on ukraine that's what well, that's we're supposed to believe we didn't spend that much time with him and the time we did, it just, it was weird. 
I don't know. So yeah, it it's like I'm gonna go even lower. I'm gonna go like a one. The bad guys could even be the ones who take the Irishman in the beginning. Yeah, the spe- the, the those are the oh the Vimples. the Vimples. the, the Vimples. Vimples. Yeah, yeah. Is this like a new unit? Because this is like the second book that we've gotten talking about yeah. Vimples. We got Sleeping Bear brought them up. Well, they're the ones. I don't know how new they are per se, but they're the ones charged with going after defectors. Dissidents mm-hmm. and defectors internationally. So they're scary people. <laughs> yeah, maybe my two is generous thinking about I, I thought my two was going to be harsh, but man, you, you dip into that 1.5 territory. That's not been done before. Have we given a one to anything? I don't know, dude. We're normally pretty. We look for the positive. <laughs> I'm just. I, I, oh, talk me up. Talk, talk me on 1.5 up. I can't. I'm thinking about joining you. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Good guys. Let's move on to the good guys. Good guys. Let's keep it. Let's keep it moving here. Mad Drake. Uh, yeah. Frodo. Love him. Always have. Glass. Glass. This girlfriend now. What did you think of the massage chick? Okay. I mean, okay. if the other guys we just said are your 4.5, your four and a halfs, She's like a, the three and a half, maybe. No, she's like two and a half, maybe. Like a, three. three. She's, a, three. she's a three. The the Austrian chick, the intelligence lady, kind of hates Drake, wants to kick him out of country. I get it. Makes sense. But she came on strong. Gave him a gun. But I thought she was going to go I thought after she was going to be super cool. Yeah. I thought she was going to be super cool. I was really liking her. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. She's cool. talking what down her partner be? who wants to kick his ass. Yeah. She gives him the gun. Says there's a 30 minute window where there's going to be no police. Yeah, go do what you want to do, and then she gets pissed off that he kills like he five of them. It. She told him to. Yeah, anyway, she's a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to use a different word that's popular in the UK, but not for our US <laughs> audience. I'm sure you know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. See you next Tuesday, right? Um. <laughs> The the Navy SEALs at the end. I like them. Yeah, good dudes, good dudes. I, three. Yeah, yeah, I'm scrounging for three. Okay. Or three and a half. Is that harsh? Eh, three and a half, because Frodo and, and Drake are... Yeah, three and a half. And Frodo, Drake, Glass. Yeah. Setting. Setting. We go basically, to Austria? Vienna, we basically have Vienna and we have Ukraine, right? Am Ukraine. I missing something? I thought he did a decent job of like explaining... like. Like we're in like the villages of Ukraine, like in this in this pub and like yeah. meetings. We get descriptions of like the beautiful the beautifulness of the country. I remember yeah. one time Matt Drake says the roads when you're on that range right. river. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like we get a little bit of Austria, like because they, they talk about you know, the city of music. He does a good job of like describing right. those things and especially like describing this like where the conference is. Where descriptions like, uh, are not bad. They're not bad. I'll go for. Yeah. He's done well painting a picture and getting you there, like on the ground in Syria. I remember some shed where Drake's trying to start up right. a, a motorbike or a ATV or something. And the last book, I remember the auction house. This kind of grand, kind of opera house feel where they're auctioning it's not, people off. It's not Brad Thor? No. But it's good. And it's certainly good enough for a Mitch Rat book, I would say, in terms of Oh, setting. yeah, because typically we're not... There's like a few like books that stand out yeah. in terms of like truly wanting to describe, you know, I think of the apostle. Oh no, that's that's a superhero. I think of um I think the last man, actually. Um yeah, Afghanistan. being in Afghanistan. Yeah. Anything in DC, starting with term limits sure. and transfer power. That's Vince Flynn's bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think four is a little high, but considering where we've been everywhere else, I'm okay shouting out setting as a positive here. Didn't occur to me earlier, but I definitely think it is. All right. The cover. cover. You know, I've liked these in the past, this uh, lineup. So we get, this is all Austria, right? Right. Uh, yeah. It's, Which you're kind of pigeonholed into. It has to be Austria, you know? I don't know. Is, is that a spire in Austria? Dude, I'm not going to be able to identify individual buildings, but 
You're a geography teacher, bro. Come on now. You know how many cities there are in the world? It, I mean, it's it's got to be, and even if it isn't, everything about that the, those buildings, that architecture. Oh, the flag. Yeah, there we go. We got the Austrian flag floating in that bottom right corner. So I think enough about the buildings definitely shows me they got the setting right. Oh, yeah, Austrian flag. Yeah, yeah that's Austria. Okay. Yep. I didn't love the without sanction, but the outside man wasn't bad. And this one I kind of like. You kind of like, all right. Reminds me of like a Liam Neeson type. Uh, you know, this could be a movie poster. Definitely movie yeah. poster-esque. Yeah, I see that. I... It's We spend almost... half the book in Austria. So No, you're right. You're right. I'm not banging it on the setting or the background. The figure, though, is what's bothering me because I liked the voice that was the visual voice that came through with Without Sanction, with that character facing you, you know, squaring mm. up to the camera. And then I like the same in The Outside Man, but he's backwards. You know, right. I kind of like that we were there. This kind of in the middle of the action, you know, gripping the weapon, running. Constantly on the move, like like Drake is in this in this novel. It's true. It, fair, fair. It is. I think visually it doesn't work as good as the last two of the guy facing you and then the guy backwards, kind of in a very different pose. But it continues the theme. Of the three, mm-hmm. it's probably my least favorite. Also, the colors, the yellow with those like orange tint over the city. I like the I definitely like the red and the like bluish gray of the last two better. Right. The red and black I felt had more of a punch. The bluish gray wasn't getting me either, but the yellow orange isn't getting me all that much. I just I just think the red and black was really super iconic for the series. So okay, but but the horizontal text. I love, love the angled text. I think yeah. that's perfect. So I'm glad that's following followed through. I'm gonna go three point five. It's in the middle. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go three. Three point five could work too. Yeah, I'll go three point five. It's 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 okay. All right, you already you already said you're winning, right? I did. James I did. Glass. Yeah, you have anything else? It's Glass and Frodo and them talking, shooting the shit. The winner of this book to me. Clothes shopping. It's got to be clothes shopping. It's got to be. <laughs> be. No, I, I know. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick a single scene. That's gonna be my winner of this mm. book. And you mentioned it. It's the opening. Oh yeah, for sure. I, for sure. I really like the opening with the uh, the shooting, shooting range. range. Yeah, yeah. Seeing him and his wife in action, and then, you know, again playing up that that. The comedy, the humor, the hard ass, the the, the smart assness of of Drake, where you know these two rough and tumble guys who can't even like hit, you know they're shooting like this. What does he call it? An arm cannon? They can't they can't can't get anywhere near the target. Someone tell has the balls, the balls to tell his wife yeah, to grow up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That scene was just funny. So yeah, that's one one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes so far in the in the whole. The whole story. So. Yeah, that was good. That was good. And then you bookended with the pregnancy announcement yeah. at the end. No, that was the. Uh, you know, you you did say it could it could be construed as a trope. You know, as if this keeps popping up. But, you know, at least it's like we get some character development. We get some uh, story development with the two. So it's the Bentley way. You know, if you're gonna do it, stick with it. And he's sticking with it. So yeah, I love that. It reinforces. Metrics, family first mentality. All right, good stuff. Well, I am happy to say I was flirting <laughs> with something in the twenties. Have we done that yet? I don't know if we went that low yet. No, I don't think so. I was flirting with it, but thankfully you got me up a few halves along the way to come out to an even thirty, and I think you as well also come out to an even thirty. Yeah, we uh, pretty much the same, plus or minus. In different plus or minus half a point in a couple areas, we would do differed, but ultimately came up to the same. So again, not our favorite book, but I think we talked through maybe why you know speculating why maybe some of this 
it completely makes sense now that you said the timing of this book coming out. Right. And then right. the context of the book coming out. It'd be different if this book came out in 2023. Sure. I would have a different opinion of it. Sure. Or 2020, right? Like, or any time before the invasion where Ukraine wasn't front and center on everybody's sure. mind. And you come up with a story like this without relying on real history and current sure. events. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, that's explosive as a plot. Explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're a little Definitely. desensitized to it because we've seen crazier shit in the news. You know, yeah. that's real. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help that we we had a better version of this with the recent uh, Brad Thor novel and Deadfall. So. De- and Deadfall didn't help. Exactly. Yeah. So I think knowing – we were a little harsh on this pod, but I think knowing the context, some of that is understandable and kind of just like one of those – bad timing from an audience perspective for uh, for you and I to get into this book. It really intrigued to see if we're the if it's just us or uh if if our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. And which means when we finish the next book we have to do kind of a ranking and hopefully mm-hmm. some of our patrons and followers will share their rankings and I'd be curious if someone makes the argument that this is second or third place in the series. Number Go one. for it, you know? Yeah. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear why. It's not going to be for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, and rest assured, guys, like, unless the second half of Forgotten War takes a completely different turn, which, you know, based on this book, it could. We're loving it so far. But we are loving it. I yeah. am, I have like five hours left on the audiobook, and it's like a 14 hour audiobook. Yeah. It's, it is good. So, so far, what I've read in it is my favorite. Of Don Bentley so far, I I, I was going to say that too, definitely. And I've and I've read almost the first half, and I think it's yeah. better than Without Sanction, which I loved. Yeah, dude, Hostile Intent has a four point five on I, Amazon. I know, I saw that, and a four point three on Goodreads. The people I, like it. All I, right. Well, it only has fourteen hundred ratings on Amazon. Oh, is that not as much as some others? Yeah, typically those things have. Outside Man has 2,000. Okay. With, uh, all right, let's so go look at, uh, what was Code Red? 13,000. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so magnitude of difference. I'm curious, though, not to spoil things, but Forgotten War, yup, on Goodreads. Oh, dude, on Goodreads, people love Forgotten War. And very interesting. The cover is getting away from the standing man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and people love it on Amazon, dude. So I think you and I are onto something. That next uh, next episode, when we get to talk Forgotten War, is going to be complete opposite vibes of this one. Oh, for sure. And yeah. the, the, I think it. I can just maybe I I'll say most of what I'm saying for the for the next pod, but I think the topic. Of Afghanistan, yes, and how close I think it is to Don's heart, yes, and like you know he's posted about it, posted about it on Instagram. Obviously, he was there, right? He was a yeah. He he flew pilots or, or flew yeah, helicopters, he, right? Yeah, flew Apaches. So, which is interesting that, that there's an Apache helicopter pilot in the next book. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like his love letter to Afghanistan, almost absolutely, you know, for, absolutely. I think that book has a special place for him. A- and I just find it a bit more interesting than the Ukraine stuff in terms of what I'm I'm currently interested in is how our service members were affected by Afghanistan. And there's more mm-hmm. of like an American stake there where Ukraine to me right now, the only debate around is how much should we give the money and how much. And it's like it kind of pulls on your strings as an American a little differently knowing what we went through in Afghanistan versus sure. the political debate around Sending weapons to Ukraine is a whole another thing. So it just hits differently, I think, for us and for him. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow to talk. Forgotten more. Stay tuned. Yes, sir. Again, we need to thank our patrons, including our special operators, Sherry F. and Jason C. Our special agents, Ben, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Peggy, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcast platform. Find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Insta at Thriller Podcast. 
And as always, just let sweet be sweet.